You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll take a glass together and we will lift it to the good life. This is Equity One, Broadway's happy hour. Pour yourself a drink and join us as we chat about life, theater, and and everything in between. I'm Elliot Maddox. And I'm Caleb Dickey. Join us for your Equity One. episode of equity one we're continuing our spooky beetlejuice haunting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with our special guest this week leslie kritzer yes hi hey leslie i'm so excited leslie you have all the caffeine all of it Mm -hmm. you have your what is your what is your caffeine of choice listen i was running late so i didn't i beggars cannot be choosers I went with a Pret coffee. It was probably okay. old, but I needed to stay awake. I have some um, Spindrift Sparkling Seltzer if you want to sponsor anyone. And uh, and yeah, some yes. Sahal uh, Honey Almond. Oh. Yes. Well, we're eat- we ate a lot of gummy bears. Gummy bears are the official, I would say the official of this I season. Break of more podcast. Yeah. I am like, love I know. We need, we need some more. Um, so... Leslie, just with the Pret Coffee. So if anyone who doesn't know, like living in New York, Pret Coffee is just sitting out. Ugh. The cups are there. The guy gave me the shit for free. Well, oh. He's like, on me. I'm like, first of all, I've, like- I've, I've, I've seen this before. <laughs> and on me means the shit is old. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. go for it, girl. My question was going to be, has anyone here ever stolen a coffee from Pret? Oh. Because it is just like sitting out. The cups are there. You're on. A, you're in a rush going to wherever. I have never done it, but I've heard tell of people doing it. Well, I think they've they have been aware just because now they hand you the cup from behind the counter. Oh, oh. that's what he did. So he handed me that cup with pride, and he was like, "It's on me." He said, "The empty cup." You know, <laughs> so that I go and fill it with the nasty. Yeah, cup. just the cup though. You were supposed to pay for the coffee. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but then he was like, "It's on me." <laughs> I'm like, "The coffee's old." Thank you, hun. Thank you, Caleb. What about you? Uh, I don't think I've ever smelled no, it. Ca- I had a really Catholic bad uh, bacon mac and cheese from there once, and ooh, nope. Yeah, you that's know? tricky. Yeah, 
Alan made such a face when we talked about it. You've never you've never stolen a coffee from Pret. I don't think I've ever stolen a coffee in my life. I mean, it's hard to do if it's not from Pret. Stolen other things. When I worked at Berries, they had um, this bear coffee, iced coffee, and it was really good. Wandering Bear. Okay. And so I would just pour myself a free. Well, that's glass. not the same. I worked at Alice's Teacup, and <gasps> I mean, I would take so much oh. tea, it's just oh. constant. Yeah. Oh my god! If I didn't leave there with a beverage in my hand, then you know I wasn't I wasn't doing yeah. my job. If yeah. you worked at a restaurant, you didn't eat half the food there. Like like roll. I mean, oh my so god. many rolls, so uh-huh. many desserts. <sighs> we were gross. Like I used to work at this um, fancy restaurant on Central Park South. That's no longer there. This is back 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 in the day, mm-hmm. and this was like fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would send back. We were so freaking disgusting. They would send back full on like two bites of like this gorgeous banana pie with like a caramelized monkey on top of it, and we would eat it. Eating we it didn't for care. sure. We would eat everything. Absolutely, oh, yeah. scavenger actors. Yeah, I would do the same thing with with food from Alice's. If people didn't eat their food, I would absolutely just eat it off their plate. I'm not oh, you gonna. Would? Look. Yes. yes. When you bring it back to the kitchen before you put it in the like dishes, yeah. Grab the fries. Always grabbing fries. But like, if there was like a good half of sandwich that hadn't been touched, I would I would wrap it yeah. up or yes. just eat it right then. Yes, absolutely. When I'm at I know where it came from. Japan society, I eat the sushi because that's like small and quick. Right when you were catering, the small bites is yeah, really the small awesome. bites is small easy. Bites. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like rolls. Yeah. I was like, why can I fit in my clothes? We were eating all of the rolls. <laughs> <laughs> all of the rolls. All of them. I mean, with work- like salted fancy butter. Oh my god. <laughs> well, working at Alice's is like. Forget it. It's like scones all the time. They're just I mean, there. You that's just my grab dream. them. That's my dream. Oh, the best was like a, an easy lunch. You just like grab a cup of, you just grab a mug and you'd be like, hey, chef, can you get, <laughs> give me a cup of the soup? You just do a cup of soup and a ham and cheese scone. And just like, it's I so like good. Living my dreams. I do. I don't miss working there, but I do miss eating the food all the time. Mm. Every day. It's multiple delicious. meals. So good. It's so delicious. good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we like <laughs> to start every interview by asking our guests what um, first got them interested in the arts when they were younger. Oh, okay. Well, um, I just did Adelia. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, oops, sorry. Um, Well, I I started playing classical piano when I was seven. So my, Uh my parents started that early. I mean, I did the dance classes and the tap uh-huh. dingle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think that was like my first as far as like really getting into it my dad was a musician and he was like well you know she seems musical let's do that so I started studying like really studying piano at an early age and that's mm-hmm. kind of how it started yeah what what instruments did your dad play saxophone and clarinet oh a word. I played the sax but it was too heavy for me to carry up our lane so I quit and my and my reeds broke. The reeds would always break. Well, then my dad was obsessed with reeds. Yeah. Obsessed, obsessed. So that that was like the first, like, and then from there it kind of all blossomed because I took mm-hmm. it really. I mean, we kind of took it real seriously, and yeah. it became like a thing. And then, so when you started taking it seriously, so you're taking classical piano. What was your kind of first interactions with musical theater? Okay, so I was doing that, and then like about thirteen, fourteen. I was like, mm, I'm not meant to be just like behind a piano. That's mm-hmm. not my thing. I mean, I learned so much from doing that, but that's like not my thing. And then I'm funny. Like I knew uh-huh. it was funny naturally. Sure. You know, you, you're that 
you know, just the in ham. school. Yeah. Or just like, in school, yeah. I started. Well, and like we would do like the school plays in elementary school, but really, like I would say middle school, we did instead of doing a whole show, we would do like versions of shows. We mm-hmm. would do like a scene from the Golden Girls, not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Washak would like truncated a scene from the Golden Girls, and then she'd put like um, um join us, leave. <laughs> oh my God. And then we do the big number from Hello Dolly. So I was Dolly in that little segment. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was in seventh grade. And it was literally like, boom. It was like, that is when the, I got on that stage with that boa, and I was already obsessed. Like, where's my microphone? Like, I remember <laughs> being, and I just knew, like, I'd watched that video, like, it was years ago I watched mm-hmm. it, but I was like, oh my God, I totally had the bug. Yeah. yeah. And that was the beginning. Yeah. And it was like that performance you remember when you're yeah. a kid, where you're like, like the I drops. got this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I got this, and I'm in seventh grade. And that was the first introduction to it. And then from then on, you know, going to high school and starting doing musicals, I was not the star of my high school at all, mm-hmm. but, like, just wanted to be around it all the time and then obsessed with CDs. Mm-hmm. What were, tell us about that. What were, the, what were the, like, couple that you were, like, fully obsessed with listening to every day? Okay, everyone laughs at me, but I didn't know any better. Um, and I grew up in New Jersey, so I come to the city to see shows. I mean, uh-huh. it's so weird walking up the street. I used to go to Broadway Dance on fifty on fifty second. The old location. Mm-hmm. Old location. Um, we take the bus into the city, take dance. We'd see shows. My first Broadway show that my first Broadway show was Forty Second Street, okay. the original company. Yeah. But my first Broadway show, and I was like, oh, was in high school. I saw the original. I saw Crazy for You. Oh wow! Wow. So you know, and then collecting playbills, but cast recordings, Tyne Daly's. Gypsy. Gypsy. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Not the original. Tyne Daly's Gypsy, obsessed, acting it out, West Side. Fully. Patty Lapone's Evita, obsessed, uh-huh. saw community theater production in high school. Oh, My life has changed yeah. forever. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that. Like in Montclair, like some community yes. theater, I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. After seeing like 14 Broadway shows, you're like, this production of <laughs> this Evita. This production of Evita. The best thing in the world. Is amazing. I'm trying to think. So those, West Side, that. You guys, if I look back, from high school and college, I have still have the booklet of all my musical theater CDs. Mm-hmm. I would buy Christian Knowles albums. Yeah, like I think about the fans now buying like all of like musical theater people's like personal albums. Yes, that was me. Like I, I have Betty Buckley's albums. <laughs> yes. I have Manny Patinkin. But I'm trying to think of the other ones. Like oh my god, Crazy for You. I'm trying to think of others. There's so many. So many. That's Gypsy kind of- and Westside were big ones for me. Oh, yeah. Funny Girl, of course. Of course. Um, and, you know, so so just obsessed and then was at the library just, like, listening to all of this and then... That's what I would do. I would get, like, 15 because that's yep. how much you could get. <laughs> Put them all on my computer. Yep. And then I had them. Yep. And then in college, in high, not high school, college, when I, when I discovered the Library for the Performing Arts, mm-hmm. I mean hours and this was back I'm older than you guys this was back when they had record players still and you like had the cast albums I mean they had CDs Mm -hmm. but they still had the record players so you could sit it was like the craziest thing I remember you put like headphones like this and you'd put the record on the thing and you'd just like listen and I'd listen to like every cast album and I'd go and I'd watch the videos Mm -hmm. in the in the archive and like I just you know once you go to college and you're majoring in it you're obsessed oh Yeah. yeah I mean, I started the obsession in high school, but the college, it was like all of love. You're living it 24-7, yeah. Yeah. Can you believe I've never been to the library? I, I'm really, I'm taking you. I, you have, please do. I've never been. Elliot? I've never, I have a list of things I want to watch. 
but I've never been. Okay. I know Patrick who runs it. Okay, uh, work. I need to. He he is. He needs to be my best he's friend. He's fabulous. If you have a hard time finding, like, if you know, there's certain things to res- you can go watch my production of Funny Girl Paper Mill. There. Okay, work. <laughs> come on, Paper Mill in the archives. Old, it's at it's at the Library of Performing there. Arts, but they didn't record Trailer Park, which I'm so sad. Anyway, off Broadway drinks. Um, it happens. You will die. Oh, I know. But here's the thing: like, you can't you're bring die. snacks and food, and you're like, phone. I'm here for a while because yeah. I want to like watch it. Right. Nope. So you just—it's just you, and like, you're gonna have a piece of paper, write notes on, but That's it. no food, no fo- no phone either, right? Yeah. They confiscate everything, but you are in like a world by yourself. You can rewind, fast forward, like. It's, oh wow! Yeah. You can watch anything. It is I the know. most magical thing. It's cool. I have so many things because, like, my one of my favorite like questions is like, if you have comps in a time machine, like, where are you going? Like a Susan Blackwell question. Like, I just think it's brilliant. But like, that is comps in a time machine because you can go to the library and watch it. Yeah. I mean, any For everything free. is there. I mean, there's old school things that I've watched there when I'm doing research about stuff. I mean, there's, uh, it's in the mo- the ba- you will die go have a cocktail and then literally go see a go show the, have an equity one have a yeah. co- equity one, one or two yeah. uh-huh. then go and you'll literally be crying in one of those little booths you'll be like oh, oh my god work yeah it's I know. brilliant if you and if it's dark in there too so you can like actually like go through it and if there's you, no talking like yeah. they're serious yeah oh good i don't want to talk to anyone no. um uh, if you have to tell me which one like one thing to go watch there what's what's something you've watched there that like fully rocked your world I'm trying to think. Oh my god, it's been a while. I really have to think mm-hmm. about it. I have to think about it. It was. E- I think it was a play. It was either death. Of, it was. Was it death of a salesman? Like I'd love to go and just like rewatch August Osage County. Like, oh yeah. Don't even get me started. Because mm-hmm. that's that the best thing I've ever seen. So it's. Just I like, saw some incredible things that I cannot remember. It's blessing of being over forty. Well, think on it and send me a list. Because. Yeah, I mean, they literally have everything. Everything. I mean, you, we probably could, I would not be surprised if the rink is there. <laughs> wow. Lit. Yeah. I mean, oh, I did. I watched some really, really cool stuff, like two or three different versions of things. Yeah. Yep. I think it was son, some Sondheim That's things I watched. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. And you know what? It's so funny because the TV Academy, it's a motion picture. They have their version, but for television. So it's actually by MoMA. You can go and watch oh. old oh. episodes of things way, way, way back. Like, yeah, and it's crazy. That's I feel why like New that's York's even amazing. of a bigger archive. That's going to be huge. It's huge. Yeah, and it's really nice. It's it's great. I'm I'm going to think about that. I'm going to try to remember what I went because I went to do a lot of research a lot of times. Yeah, and and then I went and then I saw stuff that I was in. Like you, you know, you can go. I saw I watched a Cater Affair, which I was in. Yeah, mm-hmm. was fully weeping. I was like, oh my god! Little did I know when they recorded this, we were gonna close two months later because we're right. about my boyfriend and gain fifteen pounds. You just <laughs> never know. You just never know. It's so cool to have those like kind of like moments like archived, a little like, bookmark. Just, yeah. god. It's really it's special, and they don't do it with. <laughs> You're so funny. I'm not used to these spit guards. Again, again, this is us getting fancy. I know, Alan. Look, this is us getting used to a fancy operation. Yeah. Okay. It's good. You just gotta watch your fingers. I know, but I'm very expressive. I like to use my hands. No, we could talk out here. That's right. Just out. Okay. Thank you. Not forward, not out. Out to the stage, to the audience. (sighs) I just, like, feel really intimate. I'm just, like, going right here. Oh, my God. Anyway. What was your your college experience like? Um, Well, I went to Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. Mm -hmm. And... 
got my BFA, musical theater. Um, you know, it was hard. It was hard because again, I didn't come from a high school. I didn't come from a performing arts high school, mm-hmm. and I didn't come from a high school where I was like the star of every show. Mm-hmm. But and then I was thrust into a class of twenty-four. Mo- a Big. lot of people, yeah, who were the stars of their high school and mm-hmm. or went to performing arts high school. I was like, like really talented Jersey girl that like was like could belt and was very funny and got mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, whoa, this is real. <laughs> yeah, um, right. And you know, musical because I had been a musician too. So it was like, and then you're thrust into it, and it was amazing. It was amazing, but it was also hard. Like my second day, they were like, "Sorry, CCM, I'm outing you," but they were like, "You're fat. You need to lose weight." I was like, "Oh my god! I just spent the entire summer losing weight, and I'm still fat. Oh my god! Complex is born." Uh, Sure. But listen, they're they were they were brutally honest about things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like me and Christy Cates. Hi, Christy. Hey, girl. Who now teaches downtown at the New York uh, Film Academy? Film Academy. Mm -hmm. We were best friends. Um, still all these years, good friends. And um, her and I would like run in the snow and like make steamed broccoli in our rooms. Anyway, but that's part <laughs> of, look, it's part of what yeah. you, you know, they're trying to tell you this business is hard. You have to be yes. competitive. Yeah. Okay. And this is what it is. Like take it or leave it. Um, I learned everything in school. I mean, I feel yeah. like I, I'll never forget going to my professor and being like, so, um, I don't know, like the Muni, I got I got hired at the Muni sophomore year, and they want to give me my, my equity card, but I don't know if I should get my equity card right now. He was like, are you retarded? <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to take your equity card. And I was like, I don't know, like whatever. And he was like, you're dumb. Of course you're going to get your equity card, dumbass. And I was a sophomore. And <laughs> can you imagine if I was like, no, I want to do non-equity forever. I mean, I was <laughs> literally handed my equity card in one summer. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, I, I had an amazing class. My class that I graduated with was just unbelievable, so talented. And also, we we were in the thick of it. I mean, we mm-hmm. just were immersed 24-7. I needed mm-hmm. that structure Yeah. for me. I needed to be in it, like, one focus. I don't mm-hmm. – I could have never double majored. I could have never seen yeah. myself – coming to New York and just doing it, I think I would have like yeah. crashed and burned. At like 18, 17? Yeah, I needed New York? Sh- yeah, yeah. I needed structure. I needed someone to tell me where to be, what do I need yeah. to do, how do I do this? And then like I felt like I really like blossomed and then I became a musical theater person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I needed I I know for myself I needed that time. Yeah. Like for I needed that time just for myself as like a like a like a like an adult person. Yes. Like I needed to figure out how to do your laundry and like myself and the, yeah and like be independent yeah. and and figure out how I want to fit into things and I think it's important too you know Caleb and I went to the same university Oklahoma City University it's also very intense uh-huh. yeah a reputation heard that. for being a little intense mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, same kind of mentality if you can survive there you'll be just fine out here and but it was also a liberal arts school so you know Caleb has a uh, history minor. Yeah, and amazing. Like, we took normal class. Like we had to take it because it was within the university. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. we had to do that too. Yeah, so it was it was that was helpful for me too to have that kind of like balance b- that balance. Um, yeah, and, and I, think, I hung out with like you know guys not in the pro. You know, we hung out. Christy and I we go oh. like frat parties. Like yeah, I love that. We did have a good balance. Well, Cincinnati's interesting because it's a weird campus. You're like downtown. Well, no, we're, like, we, we're we're like it's it's 
it felt like no it feels more residential and then you go down vine street and then you're in downtown yeah uh-huh. but it's it feels like its own world a little bit but i guess like looking back it, it's more urban than a lot of uh, like yeah. campuses. Yeah, like yeah. Michigan or something yeah. like that. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a different vibe. But you, you do still have that like state school vibe. Yes, it you is know. state school vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it's sure state school vibe. Yes. Caleb, Caleb and I, my experience was very, not that. Just not a state, state school. OCU is like a nice little bubble. Yeah, our mascot is the stars. Oh my God. We're the stars. So, so we'll teach everyone this. Very it's, gay. So you go like, I love you. Go, I love you, I love you. This I love is a you. sign that we And now cross your cross pinkies. And then hook. And hook these. And you make a star with your And now put it over your head. And it's a star. Oh. oh close. Cross your pinkies. So close. Cross your pinkies. You oh, no, that's pinkies your forefinger. Like what is happening? Wait. Pink. Hook your pinkies. 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 Cross them. Cross. Cross. Hook your pinkies. And now thumbs down. And thumbs grab down. your hands oh, no. with down. this. Down. Like, down. Grab your hands. Down. There you have it. No. Grab yeah, yeah. And then pinkies up. Oh. Like this. You could, yes. Yeah, a star. You did it. Hey. You guys, it's very was, it's very complicated. Wow. That was like one of those brain games that like middle aged people need to play. Yeah. yeah. So that I cannot, you know, become Keep dumb learning. because of my phone. We're gonna start an app that that used to you, I mean that made me very zen. Yeah. I really had to focus. <laughs> I love that. You're like really that might be something new, just like you should trademark that. Uh, you're like you're like I'm out. My I used all my brain power trying to trying to figure out this finger hand signal. Oh <laughs> oh I literally had to really concentrate. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. So what I mean, what was it like moving moving to the city after being in Cincinnati, especially, you know, growing up in Jersey, coming to the city a lot, mm-hmm. you kind of have an advantage in that sense of kind of knowing being yes. familiar with the with the city itself. Yeah, I mean, I grew up here, so I've been coming into the city. You know, my parents are both from here. Um, so it was second nature, always in the city, always in the, So it's coming back home, really. But I didn't move back home at all. I came right, oh, moved good. right into mm-hmm. the city. There wasn't, you know, my parents got divorced, so there wasn't really that option mm-hmm. in order for me to, like, start working. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working right away, attempting, you know, all over the place. Yeah. I had those skills, which was college also, yeah. like computer mm-hmm. skills, typing skills, um, so I moved here and it felt like automatically I was like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but living here the first year was tough. I mean, yeah. it was like, I probably had like six different sublets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was temping and trying to find my way and you know, it's just like, you're wide eyed, but you're also like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. And so it didn't have that like I'm from somewhere far away coming to a brand new city. Yeah. It's like I'm coming back, but it's a whole, a whole different ball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where yeah. were some of those like where were some of those like rough sublets? Like what was your what was your least favorite neighborhood to live in? Um, at that time. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Well, my first apartment, I have to say, because Hell's Kitchen was very different. Forty fifth and tenth yes. mm-hmm. was my first apartment. And tenth was empty back then, probably. Yeah, it was the Hess Station was there. Uh huh. And I li- the tire place that I lived above is still there. Of all the things that have closed, there used to be a cabaret space called Rosie Two. That is way, 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 way gone. It was like a it, there was Rosie and then Rosie Two. Those are way gone. Oh wow! But like right across the street, so I go and like sing like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was hard. My roommate. I, I think this is back in the day when you go to like Equity and they'd have like a call board and they have like index cards and people looking for roommates. And that's like how I found my roommate, this guy who wound up bringing, I think, cross-dressers home in the middle of the night. Like all I remember is like 
I had a closet and it was very expensive and it overlooked like the railroad tracks where it looked like dead bodies could be. Like that was my little <laughs> tiny, tiny room with a sliding door. I mean, it barely uh-huh. fit a futon. And he'd like bring home all these people. Meanwhile, he had the entire apartment and he was charging me so much. Money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. And it was just like, it was, I mean, he's, he was very nice, but I was like, man, I allowed to go in the kitchen. They're like, you're having sex <laughs> right. in the living room. Right. Like, like, what's <laughs> <going> <laughs> <on>? <laughs> um, so I lived, I, I lived there. 45th and 10th was, I mean, I lived in Stuyvesant Town, which was gorgeous. It was, that was through a work friend. Like I basically got in there and the, I had a huge uh-huh. apartment to myself. Nice. I don't remember oh, wow. how I got hooked up with that. Astoria was like one second and that's back when no one lived there. Now everyone <laughs> lives there. Everyone lives there. But 45th and 10th was rough because it was like, it was, it was just different. It's not yeah, like it's it is a different now. Time, yeah. Like Hell's Kitchen is like cosmopolitan now. Like <laughs> yeah, Chelsea. totally. Yeah. Um, but then, and then I wound up living in Hoboken for a while. Like I had a couple, mm-hmm. two different apartments in Hoboken and Christy and I wound up living together there. That was during 9-11. I was there during 9-11. Oh, wow. So that was only two years after um, I moved here that I did the Hoboken thing, which was mm-hmm. so fun. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back. So it's like, you know, I've been, I've been all over. Um, I think Upper East Side too, I lived with my sister a tiny bit there. Upper East Side is so interesting to me. Yeah, I've and never lived there. randomly affordable. Randomly? Yeah. Well, it's because, randomly. There's, it's because there's no trains. Right, but that queue is pretty sweet. Well, now the yeah. queue goes right. up to like 96. Second Ave. It's like, Whoa. Second Ave. So it's like all Am the apartments are going right? to be expensive. Queue? Yeah, the yellow line oh, yeah, goes yeah. up now, um, which yeah. is really nice, but that definitely didn't happen. Because I used to work on that, the Alice's I worked at were all on the Upper East Side. On the Upper East. Mainly. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have to take like either the Crosstown bus or <laughs> the um, the F oh my God. to like Lexington and Third. It's so weird the things also I used to do when I was younger. Like I rollerbladed to 59th and Lex hey. from, like, from 45th and 10th, thinking that was cool, a good <laughs> idea. But I just was like so young, just like yeah, rollerblading, like, rollerblading. I don't remember. It's just so crazy. I picture so crazy. you with headphones on. Totally. I think. Did, I <laughs> did you wear a helmet? No, absolutely mm-hmm. no. Why would I wear a helmet? Like, why would yeah. Kritzer do something that's <laughs> normal? I mean, it's just—it's so crazy when I think about. It. I when I go by there now, I'm like, wow, I used to come here and I used to work here every day. <laughs> I worked for an, a, an investment banker. Um, it was so crazy. I've worked all over law firms, Maybelline, like crazy, crazy places. I, but like, doing a show, I did a show called uh, Godspell Off Broadway. This is my mm-hmm. first Off Broadway show, mm-hmm. and. I had a day job. So I worked at a gaming company um, near, what was it? It's Midtown. And during the day, I'd have this thing. And then at night, I'd go do the shows. And they'd let me take time off over the rehearsal period. And once we opened, I would have my day job. Uh-huh. So during the day, I was with Hardin Curtis. That was my agency. Mm-hmm. And this is back also when you would pick up your sides from the agent's office oh, in a no. box. Because we didn't yeah. have email. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So, and then at night after my show, I would sneak back into my office and my agent, Nancy Curtis, who's genius, she was like, you put together your quotes or any mentions that you got with your headshot and we're going to give you a list of casting agents and you're going to fax them all. And that's what I would do. I would go in the middle of the night uh, after my show and I would fax, 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 fax. Like, come see me in this. Like, Here's my agent. Mm-hmm. That's what we used to do. Like, back in the day. It's amazing. It's like, yeah. And I used to do that. I'll so never forget that. Yeah, and Nancy was like, "Yeah, do it, whatever." I mean, it was her idea, so it's 
It's so crazy. Faxes. Like, isn't that email? I know. But, like, I feel like people kind of do that now. Like, isn't that what Instagram is for now? Like. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we, we did have email, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't the Assess- same. Accessible. Like, couldn't well, I feel like they're like attach it like sending in, in a packet of sides via it, that, email is like not a that was no. like not an option. No, it was not. It was not. It's, it's like text you know, like text messaging was like a thing, but it wasn't a thing until no. like the iPhones when you could like text somebody. Right. say like full sentences. I'd be and, like, like lay or, or the, you the guys, Blackberry. You're too young to remember Nokia's. I mean, do you remember that? That was my first I had had a track phone. A track phone was my first We absolutely remember Nokia's. Well, I remember... The green screen. I remember no internet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like, remember getting internet. Like, no, like, figuring out what that was. And, like, having a desktop. AOL. Learning AOL. Yeah. Playing with, like, my dad. Playing Snake on my dad's Nokia. Like all of that, I remember all of that. My first phone was like a Nextel, like oh my god, the walkie-talkie kind. Yeah. Oh um, my god, I remember yeah. that. Like the, then you had the flip phones, which were cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Razor, BlackBerry, oh, the razor and then was... what's the one that was that T-Mobile sidekick? Sidekick, the sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sidekick. That lasted two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. well, because they, the iPhones, you know. Well, it was were... wait T9 Word. That's what I was trying to think of. Like when you oh, were yeah. like, when you would be like typing something and it would do it automatically. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, get that off my iPhone. Like, I hate that, like, predictive text thing. I hate it, too. Can you actually take it off? You can. I so. I have to, because it also making me dumb. Like, I'm like, I need to learn to spell. Yeah. <laughs> I just send voice memos. I, like, hold the, the I know, mic button. I say, no, how's it going? Can you just call me right? Or, like, it gets the message across quicker. Yeah. Caleb is, well, quicker for you. Yeah. Caleb is notorious for sending voice memos, and I'm, like, in a show, and I'm just like, <sighs> Turning on my headphones and like putting in my headphones and pressing play, and then I just respond to like a normal text. But it's quicker for me to like. I know, but it's not quicker for me. I can't see what you're saying. I can't like glance oh at a text oh, message. Sure. You guys are cute. Anyway, it's like it's like you know a matter of preference. That... You're adorable. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so loud. When you were when you were like pounding the pavement, sending out faxes, oh, doing your thing. So what are, what are, what was one of your like earliest jobs that you got that you were like super super like proud of stoked by? I mean, I had a big break when I got Funny Girl. Yeah, um, I it's uh, candid. Don't pose, Chris. I think that was the big that was a big break for me because yeah. I had just been out of school. I think I don't know. It was two thousand and one, and but but that was like you know, maybe two years out of school, a little less. Mm-hmm. And that was a big break because I literally booked a job that I was up against people, like re- like bigger people, and they went with a complete unknown person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really the start of everything. And then that was like, that sent me through the roof. I was like a little Sophia, basically in the sense <laughs> sure. of Sophia who's yep. starring in Beetlejuice. In the sense of like so young, not as young as her, but yeah. so young, so new, but also like, not to toot my own horn, but kind of like, wow, this girl's like taking it. I mean, it's tailor yeah. made for someone like I was about to say, it couldn't be a more like perfect fit. It's just yes. kind of like a right place, right time, mm-hmm. kind of the perfect moment. It was the perfect, perfect moment. Everyone came to see it. It were raves. We were moving to Broadway. I'll never forget going to my temp job after it closed. You're going to Broadway. This is going to star. This is what theater. This is who directing. Da, 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 da. It was like, oh my God, holy shit, this is happening. And then 9 11 happened. 
this literally that was the summer I turned 24 during the show May 24th I turned 24 wow. we closed in June July August I get the call we're getting ready it's gonna happen September 11th happens and then it was over and I mean the whole world changed yeah, yeah. but that was like I went through the roof like I can't believe this is happening mm -hmm. right and then September 11th happened so that really put everything in different focus I was unemployed yeah. for six months after that I didn't work and um, then, and I had already, actually, I'd already done Godspell before that. That was in mm -hmm. 2000 when I was sending faxes. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then Funny Girl happened after that. So this was like my first, oh my God, right? And that was hard because what happened, just to like truncate the story, is then once, and it's so funny when I think of 2000, like 2001 when that happened, that was when Millie was up and Muir yep. mm -hmm. was up. And... Um, then everything changed. They postponed it. Then by the time it came around to it, I wasn't a choice anymore. Oh, and, sure. and then years later, then, you know, they were going to do it again, and then it fell apart. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about reviving it for years. Like it years just never years. seems to catch. No. So so that was like, that was like, oh, it took me a long time to get over that. Of course. course. Yeah. It took me a long time, because it's just like, they don't write, write roles like that. Mm -hmm. Um so, and then I just like started over, you know, you start, and then I started like, again, it was like one thing after another. And then I got my first Broadway show, which was Hairspray, but that was what, when I was 26. So I was mm. like five years later. And then I, I replaced Shoshana Bean in Hairspray mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. kind of like, but before that worked all over regional theater here, regional theater there, yeah. best production. I, one of my favorite productions ever, Avita, merry go Playhouse. Yes. One of the best summers of my life ever mm -hmm. doing that show I mean the show was like you know you know those experiences you have where yes. you're like this show this production this cast I don't care if we're in Bumblefuck we are having A the best time and B yeah. we're killing it yeah yeah. B this is really good this is yeah. really good and two people are going to see it that we know but who cares like this yeah. is what we love doing because when we come back to the city we're going to be like wow that production really turned it so sorry you didn't get to yeah. see right. it yeah. and, no, and there wasn't social media back then so they couldn't see pictures of it but you're like I, know. I have no. this Kodak Develop pictures from backstage. Oh, <laughs> so all of you them. Wanna, from yeah. opening yeah. night, yep. from hanging out. I mean, you get your little like <laughs> your like envelope of envelope. like press yep. photos and press. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I went back to Mary Ground for the, like uh, an alumni thing to raise money for their mm. new program, whatever. And I think we broke into the theater. I got drunk and I stole one of the pictures from Evita off the wall because I wanted it. I think Work. that happened once again. Had a couple of drinks. Yeah, uh -huh. I didn't yeah, yeah. It. Um, but yeah, that was that was like it took me years to get over the fact that that and then like it was dangled and then it was like sorry. Literally, yeah. when it was happening on Broadway again, this is what this is. I was I was a, a what was it? They were going to revive it with Bar Chair and uh, Lauren Ambrose and Lauren Ambrose. Mm -hmm. And I went in a to audition for Bart, who's a great director. I have a mm -hmm. lot of respect for him. Um, it didn't go my way and basically the feedback to my agents was uh, it, we just think it's past her time and that that like also I'll n that almost killed me it's like past my time now this is like what this was 2009 not that long ago 2010 maybe yeah. maybe I, I something like that like, yeah, yeah because I wasn't early, even early 2010 yeah because I got era. engaged that year that's mm -hmm. the, the that, that winter I was in DC my, my now husband um, proposed so 
And, and it was funny because when we were in rehearsal, all of a sudden we were getting text messages during notes section, everyone notes, and we were like, oh my God. And that's when rehearsal was canceled for Funny Girl. Like they just, the whole production just fell apart. They were supposed to start rehearsal and then it fell oh apart. God. My dad called me, he was like, that's fucking right. I'm so glad. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, dad. All right, dad. Well, like eight million of our friends just lost their jobs right. so uh, with no notice. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those shows that's never come around. Anyway, that was a very long answer, but shit happens, you know? Shit just happens. Oh my God, it does. And I mean, I think that's like, you know, <laughs> stories like that happen all the time. All the time. When someone is, you know, you're scheduled to go to Broadway, you're told it's going to happen, it's all in place, and then things just fall through. This is what we do is like a risky business. Yeah, you can mm -hmm. never, you can, until I'm like, Jill Abramovitz always says this, I'm like, Jill, Jill, we're going to Broadway. She's going, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe it yet. She always goes that. She's in the theater. I don't want to. Jill, it looks like we're going to stay open. till. No, no, no. It looks like we got it. No, no, no. It's like, and that's, we've learned that you can never count on anything. So save your money if you're in a show. Always save your money. Try to save the pennies. Walk out of the Nordstrom rack like I did the other day. Well, the trick is you can't even walk into it, Leslie. You can't even walk into it. You can't even be tempted. Yeah, but. When you see that line, there's like two people working and there's like a snake down line. I'm like, no pair of shoes are gonna make it's me wait on You're this. Like, oh, no. Thank you, God. Well Thank you just you. go upstairs and there's usually someone in the back on a register and you go to them. Yes. Yeah, cool. <laughs> if you really want the shoes. See, there you go. Yeah. You just um, you just <laughs> aided my shopping problem. Thank there's you. always another register, that's what always I say. There's always another one. Caleb, no. We're yep. supposed to be saving Can't money. Gotta okay. save your monies. Because we're in a show. We're in Beetlejuice. We are in Beetlejuice. Elliot, I just need to say something because I know you asked me all the questions. Oh, but Jesus. I want to ask you a question because I was actually thinking about this. Okay. okay. So do you find that like when you're on stage, you're mm -hmm. on stage and then like we're not on stage with each other that much. Like mm -hmm. the principals, a lot of times, like our, our group, uh, we're, I'm on stage with you and then like if you're a skeleton, yeah. like half the time I'm like. Who is it? I don't I'm, like, see. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's Elliot. Like I'll see him. But. That one, well, first of all, we have two moments in the show. The first uh -huh. where I come over to Elliot on the couch, but like yeah, at the end of Act One. End of Act One, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you like? Do you find? Do you get bored during the show a lot? Do you like have, you know, because sometimes when you don't have something to say, mm -hmm. do you find that it's like? I know for me it gets hard. I have to kind of like. But do, uh -huh. you, do you get like over it? Do you, are you like I want to interact with people more? I try to interact with people as much. Yeah, as possible. I mean, I haven't had that experience with Beetlejuice. I felt really like fresh and fun and like you know there's little moments where it's like our interactions are always different and you know even even in like I just try to like find different stuff all the time it's a fun challenge too to like how can I make this different and like make a fun choice without having any words right mm -hmm. it's kind of fun for mm -hmm. me like I get a kick between you and Ryan Oh, full idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like Ryan with his wig, Ryan Breslin. Oh, idiot. And you on the thing with the tongs. And the <laughs> I mean, when the dinner scene. Uh -huh. I, but see, these are the things I appreciate when people, exactly that. I like get obsessed. I get obsessed with moments like when I see people having their moments. Uh -huh. They yeah. might know, not know that I see them, but I fully appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, Beetlejuice is like a special animal, I think, because we're all, I think it's just a, it's kind of a troop of, comedians just totally. we're all just like idiots and we all love getting each other yes. so like we're, <laughs> but we're hard to get 
okay? We are. We won't give you that. We don't. Smart. We won't we, give you that. We don't really break. We don't really like, but we do mess around. Oh, for sure. And it's mm. really fun. We've fully done scene work from Big Little Lies on stage. <laughs> fully. That that <laughs> broke me. That that did get me. Like, I had wait, to turn away. Wait, what was the thing that I said <laughs> I to, to you? Turn away. What was the thing that I said? It's like well, you don't think you. You don't believe you got pushed down the stairs. Yeah, the whatever your um, Meryl, <laughs> Meryl Street, Street character was, because I was doing it. I was doing a return, and in response to Leslie's Big Little Lies um, Instagram characters, I was like, "Here's my Instagram character of the detective that oh just God. like stares at everyone yeah, 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 <laughs> for yes. too long, just like incredulously, like not believing them." And God. so we tried for a few shows to do it, but it was too much. That was <laughs> too much. that was too much. It was too funny. Because then I'm worried that like someone will see. Because you know the eye is always watching. Always. always. And we're supposed to stay together. Although I have full conversations with Chris Kugel, our conductor, during the show. Like he'll look at me and I'm like, I'm fat. He'll know that I'm saying that. Like after a line, he's like, uh, when 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 Alex, sorry Alex, if you're hearing this, but <laughs> when Alex says to me when he comes over at the end and says goodbye, and he goes. Uh, I go, Delia, and he goes, uh, we didn't hang out much, and the audience laughs. I look right at Chris, and I go, and he knows. I just go, and it just, but no one sees it. It's so small. No one sees it, but it does happen a lot. Sorry. But they, it keeps it fun. It's, yeah. It it's anyway. fun. It's like, the thrill keeps you going. You're like, oh. Yeah. And it just, like, no, no one is, like, phoning it in at that point in the sense of like we're all game to like be doing different things with each other well and it's full we have a kind of company that's full out like i i feel like for my hashtag full out hashtag full out like Mm -hmm. obviously when you're you probably know better than me because you're in all the numbers but like for me when i'm on stage with with our entire cast everyone seems to be uh full out you Mm -hmm. know it's for sure it's it's and I love it. I just love it. And then I'm like, oh my god, everyone's so young. So am I. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, wait. Tell. I want to um, have you tell the listeners about kind of your journey with Beetlejuice. Like from a long, for for a long well, while, you've been with the show. Yes. It's always interesting for people to hear. Now, I don't remember. Did you come in the like? I did the first the first lab I did of Beetlejuice. You weren't there. Right. So Baruch, and I Baruch didn't do because I was, was my doing first. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I did a show called The Robert Bridegroom with Alex Timbers yes. mm-hmm. off Broadway. And we had a great time doing that. He with Connor Gallagher as well. Connor Gallagher mm-hmm. as well and Nancy. Yes. And I've seen Nancy through two babies. It's crazy. I was there when she was first pregnant and the second. It's like nuts. Yeah. That girl just pops out. <laughs> Children <laughs> and her body looks like she I never had, had a child. I had no idea she was pregnant the second time because I hadn't seen her in a while. <laughs> Can you believe that? And um, and she was sitting behind the table like it was for like a first day of rehearsal for DC or something. And and she or some I don't remember what it was, but anyway, she was sitting behind a table whatever and then she like got up to demonstrate something and I was like oh my god you're pregnant like she looked at the same from like from like her chest up and like then she was like almost fully having a baby if I got pregnant it would be Pillsbury Doughboy head (laughs) there's no there's zero to a hundred there ain't no it's like there's no um so so Alex said, yeah, I'm doing, I mean, I think it was announced he was doing Beetlejuice. Then mm-hmm. he mentioned to me, he's like, I'd love for you to play Delia. I was like, great. Mm-hmm. I'd love to, we're doing this reading, okay? And it was fine. So then I did the first, uh, it was like a stage reading. 
and it was not Sophia. It was, uh, I'm forgetting her name right now. I'm sorry. She's so talented. Um, and then we did that, and it was uh, Chris Fitzgerald in that. Yes. It was, he was the first Beetlejuice. I've heard tell of that time. Yes. And then, um, oh my God, Lydia's mother was actually real. Like, they had flashbacks of Lydia's mom back in that version. It was Dream crazy. ballet. It was crazy. It was like the ghost of Lydia's mother, like, appeared. Um, Emily Dietz, right? Yeah. And Emily. then, um, can't remember characters from my own show. Uh, <laughs> and then, so we had a couple of uh, staged, like, readings. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm trying to remember if we did one, like, fully, like a first lab. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, we, no, we did, because Carol Shelley was in it, yeah. playing Mrs. Shoggoth at the mm-hmm. time, now as Juno. So we did two of those, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Carol Shelley, who's no longer with us, she passed mm-hmm. away, and that was terrible. Um, but you guys did Baruch. I wasn't a part of that because I was doing mm-hmm. another show. And then the next time. But we did the one in the spring. We did the one in the spring. And yeah. then I've been, so I've been a part of it through the, the beginning, which is uh, cool. kind of yeah. amazing and not, and, and does not happen very often. Yeah, I mean, how, first of all, I think it's always illuminating to give a timeline to these things. So how long from first reading to opening night? had you been working on Beetlejuice? Three years. Three wow. years. So it takes a long time for those things to be seen to fruition. Yeah, and in that's and that's on the shorter end. Yeah, of, that's very You know, sh- mm-hmm. Hamilton was seven, I think, from the time he wrote it, I think, to now. Sure. But, on, you know, Honeymooners was like that, which it's probably four, five, at least five mm-hmm. years, and I wasn't with him since the beginning, maybe even longer than that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah. Between, and then you realize when you're in shows, you realize why it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things, not only writing it, but scheduling, because people have multiple projects. Mm-hmm. And to schedule these things to happen has to happen so far in advance, because yep. the process is long. Yeah. Um, and and the writing, and everyone's like, our team's like, everyone's all over the place. So. All over, the, everywhere. But three years, yeah. And then, you know, here we are. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Now, you've been really passionate about the um, the recent, like, lab negotiations mm-hmm. and um, getting, uh, having equity. You've been fought with equity on kind of, like, working on what development does for actors. Yes. And um, I think you should talk about that. Yeah. I, I've done a lot, mostly all new shows mm-hmm. I've been fortunate and I've done all I did Legally Blonde was a workshop wow everything after that I had never done a workshop I mean that was the one and only one that I did mm-hmm. um, so after that was all labs or readings sure. or mm-hmm. whatever um, workshop so everyone knows is like the yes. original agreement where actors are allowed to like participate they participate financially in the thing you get a percentage after the you show you get a point you get a point um and so you're 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 involved. You have a financial stake in the show because yes. of your input in the development. Yeah, and and as they went on, I've done so many developmental labs, developmental re- mm-hmm. over and over and over yeah. and over. After a while, you're like, um, not to mention the fact that like you may or may not be asked to do them again, and mm-hmm. your work has been whatever. I have no friends who developed things for years. I had a friend, I think, who did Chaplin, developed it for years, and then they fired him before I went to Broadway. It's like, and he'll never see anything. Like, yeah. not a buyout, not a nothing, not mm-hmm. 
and they might still be using their refusal. stuff, like what they yeah. created in it. Because yeah. they contributed, yeah. And the, the one that I personally got upset about was School of Rock. Sorry, mm-hmm. Andrew. Um, because I was involved with the original company. I did the original School of Rock at the Gramercy. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because Alex played one of the kids initially. And then when they auditioned to find the Dewey, like mm-hmm. officially, mm-hmm. he yeah. auditioned and they fell in love with him. Yeah. But yeah. all of those children in the first table read, it was me, Sierra Bogus, the Dewey, I'm forgetting his name, I'm sorry. Also funny. Um, and Andrew Durand, and then all of the adults, the kids were played by adults at the time because uh-huh. it was easier to hire adults. Right. Yeah. And, and l- <laughs> it was the craziest thing. And literally, like the third day of the reading, they announced that we had the that the, that the Winter mm-hmm. Garden was a theater. It was like the because cra- it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, where is there a show? That You're like, right. we haven't finished the show yet. <laughs> but unprecedented. What happened with that show? They said, well, we want to do a tryout, but we don't want to go out of town, and we don't want to do a, a workshop. So we're going to stage it on an off-Broadway contract, like a, or a special presentation contract mm-hmm. at the Gramercy Theater downtown, because Natalie, Natalie mm-hmm. and I did it also, Alex. They did the entire show at the Gramercy Theater and paid tickets. Like, they were, as an audience, it's mm-hmm. a small place for them to try the show, uh-huh. knowing that it had a Broadway theater. I called the union, and I was like, guys, this is a show that has a production contract ready to go, yeah. and why are we going downtown to develop a show when we should be on a workshop or some kind of contract right, right now? Yeah. Because we're literally writing our lines because mm-hmm. the writer, you know, I'm, I'm not talking shit, this is true. The writer, who is very, very talented, was off doing his show in London, and they would look to me and Andrew, and they'd say, hey, what do you guys think you should say here? And I'm like, why am I writing these lines to the mm-hmm. show? I'm, getting, I'm not going to get anything for this. Mm-hmm. And also, these children are never going to see any money. Right. You know, yeah. it, you know you're know, you honored to be there. You know, Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote me, you know, wrote a song, and I, you know, it's like, oh, Andrew, I need you to write me a bridge. He's like, all right, darling. Like, you know, it's very mm. cool. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we it's you're doing an off this crazy thing and I called the union I, was, I even said to Bonnie our stage manager I was like what is this what are we doing yeah um, and it was a way for them to get around it and so I call like I called equity I was like this is gonna if Andrew Lloyd Webber and these people can do this that means that the other people are gonna start we'll doing do it, it yeah. because this is a cheap way to put up the show I mean it was like Dolly Dinkle. There was like barely any yeah. sets. Like it mm-hmm. was crazy. And, get, and getting t- tickets sold. Yeah. So oh, full extra on. Extra revenue. Tickets sold. Small place, but tickets sold. It was like very exclusive. But we were in dressing rooms with like dirty curtains. Natalie will tell you. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, utmost respect for them. The show went on to be very successful. I yeah. did not continue on with it. I was, for very particular circumstances, I was doing a TV show at the time. Oh, I mm-hmm. miss it so much. They couldn't work out the schedule. Mm-hmm. Regardless, Everything happens for a reason. La la la. <laughs> the show was very successful. Launched Alex's career in a major way. Everybody, yeah. and I mean, if Andrew Lloyd Webber wanted me to do a show, of course I would do a show with Andrew. Yeah. It's just that is an example of something that should not have happened. Yeah. Yes. It just should not have happened. But you can't say no to someone like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. When also many, many, many jobs are at stake. Yeah. yeah. So that that is really, and we sat in front of the Broadway League. I. Sat funny I sat in front of the Broadway League with some very very famous people and and it's all of the producers that I know uh-huh. and literally 
I'm there and I talked about this particular mm-hmm. thing right in front. I mean, right in front of the league. I said, hey, you producer, you and I have worked together. You and I have done Legally Blonde together. You and I have done this. You see how we write in the room. You know, and in School of Rock, you're building this show on these kids' backs and we're seeing no compensation for it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. These kids are never going to, and they grow out of their parts mm-hmm. like yeah. in four months. So this should have been in a workshop contract. There's no, and because of the money alone that these this pr- production has, mm-hmm. this yeah. producer has. The funniest part of that, and then I'll shut up, is <laughs> as I was walking into that Broadway League meeting with the union, mm-hmm. I got a phone call from my agent that I had an offer to do this Broadway show, which I not well, I will tell you later. Uh-huh. The producer of that Broadway show was sitting at that table that I just uh-huh. okay, mm-hmm. and um, the meeting ended. And I walked with this producer, who is lovely. He's like, so you got your offer, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited to do it. So it was so funny that I'm literally (laughs) meeting them in the room. I get an offer to replace in this Broadway show. But it's because, here's the thing, the same, there's there's a very select group of people in New York that get the same jobs over and over. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm one of them. I'm saying there is a, and some of those people were in the room behind the table Mm -hmm. saying, guys, you know, this has to stop. This has to stop. We have to figure this out. You know, because after a while, when big people start saying, I'm not going to do your show, then they go, oh, we can't get this person or this person. This right. person. Again, I'm not one of those. I'm not saying I'm one of those people. But the talent pool, you know, you're in a crew of people. Mm-hmm. Right, Elliot? You've mm-hmm. done several shows. Like, you know, there's. it's hard to come to New York and get put in a Broadway show. It doesn't happen all the time, unless you're maybe from a fancy school or you're just like very right. lucky. It's kind of the same sort of... It's very hard to break into those. Very uh-huh. hard. So they know that, and they know... What are they going to do? They're gonna, they can't hire non-union people. And they... So anyway, I'm talking a lot, a lot. But thank God our union did such a great job. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't do as much as I could have done, but I, so I'm not giving myself any credit at all. But I will say, we, they really came through, mm-hmm. I feel like, and, and we're better for it now, and, and I think the work that they did, it was, it was great. And now we're in such a better position, yeah. you know, yeah. and they listened, so. Yeah. That was a very long rant. No, I mean, it's, I think a needed it's, rant. Like, it's like needed for people to like see this, this other side of, of what we do and what it show takes business. to, yeah. yeah, what it takes to put up a show. No, because, I mean, look, you see in Beetlejuice, I mean, we, Yes, our writers wrote the show, sure. But without the collective group of people, it's not the same show. Right. It's not. It's it's not even close to the same show. We, we you know, there's bits and there's things in the show that were not their idea, that mm-hmm. were our idea, that were your idea. Like, and they know that, and it's a thing that hopefully as, I mean, now we have more. Mm-hmm. We have more things now, but... The show is created. That's why it's called a collaboration. Yeah, uh-huh. they can't do it in a room full of no one. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm I'm so happy the union really came through and and um, Andrew, if you're listening to this, uh, don't be mad. <laughs> Elliot and I did a fabulous he's cast a, send up for you. We did. Yeah, he's a big fan of the podcast. I've heard. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he's totally listening. Isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> um, I want to ask you what is your favorite? What are some of your favorite parts about doing? Beetlejuice specifically, and then what's the biggest challenge you face doing the show eight times a week? Um, I, you know, I'm, I think actually my favorite thing about doing Beetlejuice is like 
I love coming to work with this group of people. I was just saying this to Jill Abramovitz the other day and Dana Steingold. I mean, I hang out in their room all the time. Mm -hmm. And that started in D.C. And I love that. I mean, it's like, I really, I love, I'll come up to the boys' room. I'll mm -hmm. come, like, I love this group of people, yeah. you know? It's I good. mean, we all have our days. But, like, A, that's the big thing. Coming to work and being like, I love the people in my show. Like, I really, really do. Yeah, yeah. It's you good. know? And A. B, I get to play, like, two great parts. I get to make people laugh. And that's really... I will say it's my specialty. It's not the only thing I do, but it's the thing I love. I love mm -hmm. creating and figuring out comedy. And and it's just, it's fun. And Delia is like a very positive person. I'm not saying I'm not a positive person, but I'm, I'll say I'm not positive all the time. I can I can go into like, you know, Debbie Downer in 2.5 seconds. <laughs> so if anything, it it's kind of like, I have to force myself to be that way in the show, no matter how I'm feeling. And it kind of does change you a little bit. Yeah. It makes you be... I don't know, a little more grateful. And it, my job is just, it's just so fun. It's, it's really, really fun. And I guess the challenge is for me, um, sometimes it's just a, a lot of energy. And, you know, as, as I've gotten older, the energy that I, that I need to do the job for me is a lot. And I, I get very hard on myself if I'm tired outside the show. Sure. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, 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 it's not that hard. It's not like I'm playing Alphaba. It's not like I'm, I start to compare. Uh -huh. with my own energy like wait I should be doing this 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 and this outside the show which Elliot knows I, I always am doing something and, <laughs> right yeah but but I think that is hard I think the age thing with this show has come into play in the sense of like really rewriting the script of what age is and as you get older going okay it is okay to be tired because you are older now uh -huh. but like allow yourself to not do anything today. Allow yourself mm -hmm. to rest. Yep. Rest is okay. I'm like old school, no, push through, push through, push through. And I've had to really learn to go, you know, I called out of the show not too long ago, first time. And I, I knew mentally and physically, I was like on the brink. I was like, I need a show off. I hadn't taken mm -hmm. my vacation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've gotten vocally injured in the past and I felt it. I felt right on the edge of something and I was like, you know what? I don't feel well and I'm not going to be in the show tonight. Yeah. I have done six months of shows and I need this night off. I do yeah. not feel right. Yeah. And, you know, I've just had to come to terms with the fact that I have to say no to a lot of things outside of work. Yeah. Um, and not to compare myself, my performance, my voice, my anything to anybody else because... It, it's silly it's a waste of time and that's been a big lesson on this it's just go yeah I'm fucking tired like I paint myself you know we all uh -huh. all of us <laughs> yeah. paint and yeah. take it off and then put take it back it on, on yeah. and, and flips and this and yeah. that and craziness and break stage and you know so just to go hey you know what I get to do eight shows a week always full out for most part you know and and that's okay if that's enough mm. yeah. that's enough to feel like to say yeah I'm tired and I don't feel like doing this 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 and outside of work like I used to you know? sure yeah and so it's just coming to terms with that and, and just saying it's okay girl like chill yeah just chill just, just relax chill. Yeah. it's okay yeah. it's hard to relax but it's it is. it's important it's hard we're in a city of go 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 and so you have to be like gotta protect myself and taking mm -hmm. it off yeah, well, I mean, there's and there's things I just I used to say yes to everything, and I just can't anymore. If if my first job and my first priority is coming to the show, mm -hmm. you know, I don't like to lose that paycheck either. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's it's 
you know, uh, it's it's part of longevity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also your your mental space. Like I came into work that next day, I felt like a different person. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like good to go, and I have my vacation. Elliot, and he, I remember when Elliot took his vacation, I was like, he he knew he was yeah. like, girl, I'm booking this vacation, uh-huh. and I have mine in a month, and I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, I booked that vacation real fast. I said, post Tonys, post all Six that months stuff, in. post bears. I was like, get me get me out of here. I need a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got you got to do that. It's important. Yeah, yeah. And you know the classic, the classic thing being in a show. The hot, one of the hard things is like never knowing how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. Never knowing how many more paychecks you have left yep. until you have to go back to the grind. And that also is like, well, you got to like just, that's why I can't go into those Nordstrom racks too much. I'm like, <laughs> another pair of shoes. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's one of the best. It's honestly, I'm not even saying it. Like, it's honestly one of the best jobs I've ever had. Completely cool. agree. It's really fun. Yeah. You know. It's really fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously, too. No. At, not we at really all. We really don't. There's no room for that. No. Mm-mm. But that's Mm-mm. a long, long answer. It's not long. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We're going to move into some more Beetlejuice. It's time for Merch Madness. <laughs> okay. So, as you know, right now I am wearing the shirt that won one of its heats in our last week's episode. So Leslie, to keep you up to date. I want to know. The um out of the four pieces of merch that I that I put up against each other, which was the logo tee and the names tee, oh the God. mug and the hoodie. Okay. The two that prevailed were the names tee, which I, I'm wearing right now. I voted as well for that. And the mug. The mug was the winner of the heat the against mug. the hoodie. Yeah, the mug pulled out. I thought the hoodie would pull out in I know, front of the but mug. But the mug, the mug, I love the mug. It's No, I the use hoodie it. was not the winner. It was the mug. I sure. use it all the time. Eddie thinks it's a conspiracy and he thinks that the mug is gonna go all the way. So he's okay, on so what's So we got the heat who's got, coming up next. We got two more heats for you. Now we have kind of like an like an alternative merch section right now this was paired together randomly so we've got our socks versus our pins now i put together the enamel pin and then like the pin set uh the socks are so cute they're black and white striped of course with lime green classic beetlejuice beetles crawling all over the feet 
And then on one side of the foot, it says beetle on the bottom. And on the other side, it says juice on the bottom. Oh, very cute. Now, I love a merch sock. I actually, I only have one other pair of merch socks, but they're the Wicked socks. And one side is Elphaba and one side is Glinda. And they have, like, Wicked on the on the bottom. They're I very cute. I yeah. love that. I know. The socks are really, really cute. I do love them. But pins are, like, a thing right now. Pins are huge. Aren't I they know. always a thing? They come in and out all I the know, time. but, like, enamel pins right now are, like, a big They're thing. a thing. They're a thing. I did, I got, what, what, what what's his name? Uh, anyway, I got a pin. Yeah, that you get pins. Like, it's just, it's just something what's an, that. What's an enamel pin? Is that enamel pin is, like, pin? the, it's, like, the silver, like, metal pins with, the like, metal the, pin. the paint on it. Okay. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So like they're flat, they're not yeah. like a round button. And there can be figure like they're f- the actual figure of the thing. Yeah. Where there's like a round pin. Oh, is just okay, like yeah, yeah. A round pin. Yeah. Yeah. Pan. Speaking of which, you can get um, specialty swag every Tuesday at Beetlejuice right. this month. We got our first specialty pin. Specialty. Got our pins. Really I love the cute. new playbill. It's so cute. The new playbill, playbill is very cute. Is it's fun. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. Sandworms. It's green. You gotta come check us out this month in October. Come on. To see them. But okay, so on. My personal Instagram, the socks pulled at 61%. So they, they bested the pins there. Mm-hmm. And it was a little closer on Equity One Podcast on Instagram, but the socks still won at 53% of the vote. Okay. Now, I have made the final decision. Where are we going? And I do agree with the audience on this one. The socks are the winner of this heat. Yeah. All they're right, just, there we go. I don't fully get the pin thing, but they're really cute. Socks are just always all the time. Like I need a, always a pair of socks. You, you, I always love like you, an you accent sock. You always need sock. a pair of socks. Yeah, and it's a fun pair of socks. And also you can wear it like to work. Like it's a black and white stripe, so it still looks professional. But like exactly. there's a secret. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Under I the love after. that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> the after. Yeah. So the socks won, and um, Gross. I love the pins, but the socks won. So the, the next pairing is like our kind of like sporty pairing. We have like our hat, our logo hat. It has Beetlejuice logo on um, on the front here, and then a little beetle on the side. And then we have the Netherworld baseball team. Now, I will say, in D.C., mm-hmm. there's a there was a boy band that was in the show that is now cut, um, R.I.P., but right. we had, like, band shirts. So that was the... And I loved... I'm so glad I have mine. So glad I have mine, too. I, I almost put it in this... Collector's item, but then people wouldn't be able to buy it. It is a collector's item. Um, so this is our the new version of that shirt, which is a really cute, like kind of old postcard greetings from the netherworld. It's green cute. and has some red in it with like little bats flying. It's really, really cute. Really cute. And they're they're, they're a good fit. I like the fit. Three quarter sleeves. Baseball team. Mm-hmm. Three quarter sleeve. Not too tight, but like still like gives you like a good like uh, like going <laughs> to the gym. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But you know what? So on my Instagram, the hat won with fifty five percent. Wow, I'm shocked. The vote. I know I was too. Well, you'll, I am shocked. You'll be even more shocked to hear that on Equity One podcast. The hat won with sixty five percent of the vote. Are you joking? People love a hat. People love hats. I have to say though, for me the clear winner is the baseball tee. I voted for the baseball. I tee. think I voted for the hat. Yeah, it's gonna be the baseball tee for me. It's such a cute design. It's really fun. I always like when show shirts are like look like they could also be purchased at Amer- like at Urban Outfitters. Hot topic. But I, I see. I think, and I haven't said this to producers, producers or anything because it just popped into my head right now. Why don't we have a Beetlejuice sort of trucker hat? 
those sort of hats, Love that style, hat. yep. would be killer. Like you have like yes, you know a the mesh. sandworm, like the sandworm logo with that the black trucker hat, like something cool like that. Mm. You know, like the um those those weird hats yeah. that I wear with the animals. on No, them. I love I love the trucker hats. Yeah. So what's up? Well, maybe we could do a collaboration with Gordon Bros, and maybe they could do a I style mean, of their uh, hat. Maybe you can set up your own merchandise across from the other Gor- merchandise. Gordon Brothers should do a Beetlejuice like hat. Like limited edition, and it's not going to be cheap, folks, but it's going to be cute. Maybe a portion of the proceeds go to Broadway Cares. Go to Broadway Curse. Okay, maybe maybe pop by this fall, and we'll see what we've concocted. Listen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't they do that? They might. Maybe they're too cool for school. Look at they're me. They're very maybe it's cool. In, it's, it might be in the works right now. They're very cool. Anyway. Anyway. So, so two heats down, you know, in a, on a different day in a different heat, it could have turned out differently. But the two pieces of merch moving forward are the socks and the Netherworld baseball there tee. There we go. Did okay. your favorite advance forward? Let us know. Email us. Send us DMs on Instagram. If you Ooh. haven't filled out your bracket, fill it out. Post it. We'll share it. Um, yeah, that's merch madness. Merch. Okay, are you ready for some quick questions? Yes. This takes very little skill. Okay. So like... Poop, poop, poop. Rapid fire game. Okay. Got it. Bagel and locks or rice and beans? Rice and beans. Oh, okay. Favorite Halloween costume of all time? Of mine? Yes. Um... Uh, 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 Scarlet, uh, Scarlet O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. Oh, yeah, but which outfit? Which one? I no, my my neighbor gave me some crazy, crazy ass costume that looked like it, not the green one. It's not like I recreated it. So, oh, so it was, it was kind of was similar. It, was it a hoop skirt? It was huge. Yes, it was humongous. Did you wear the big sun hat? Because I had that hat in college. I think I had a basket. I couldn't find the hat, but Gone that's what I modeled it after. Okay. Jersey stuff. <laughs> Gone with the Wind is Kayla's favorite movie. He does a viewing of it every single year. Once a year. You have to watch it once a year. It's a, it's a day. It's a thing. Yeah. It's like a Christmas a, thing. Yeah. You have a really nice box set. Yeah, someone got me a really nice box set. It was it's, me. It's a collector's item. It's <laughs> gorgeous red I love. Box. I also love seeing the, the takes, the outtakes from it, the screen the tests. Screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, when they're like, turn. You ever watch Judy Garland's screen test from Annie Get Your Gun? Sad. <gasps> Alan, yeah, did you have out. something to say? I just thought it was funny. That all, I, all I heard it was, you have a really nice box set. <laughs> Alan, dad. Damn, dad. Okay, such a dad joke. Okay, okay this is we a two, This is like a three-parter. Okay. When shopping at Home Goods, <laughs> which aisle do you gravitate towards? Candles. Okay, me too. Okay, it's okay. fall. Okay. What? Okay, what's yeah? So what's the smell? What's your candle? Okay. Right now? But did we just say the smell? Because in the third part, this is where it's okay. gonna. Okay, like my like if I'm into going into the season, I'm I'm I want to go for a pine situation already. I'm going towards there. I know it's a little early. I want a cinnamon stick, but in the back of my mind, I'm always looking for a perfect pine wintry. Okay, so now, as Liza Minnelli, will you sell us this candle? <laughs> you know. It's not a cinnamon stick, and it's not a pine. It's kind of like if a cinnamon stick and a pine tree got torched in the forest, and everyone's house is burnt down, and then a little bit of uh, candy corn got mixed in there with it from some childhood home. That's this candle. It kind of gives you a, a childhood feeling with a little bit of like a gay Christmas vibe and uh, a martini on top. 
<laughs> now, Liza, just a quick question while you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> I don't agree with the merch. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I never liked those socks. <laughs> oh. I don't know what just happened. That was my mother telling me to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back from the dead. Yes. The, um, okay, so how do you feel about the... the biopic about your mother. It's terrible. <laughs> Renee Zellweger is just, I mean, look at her. She doesn't even, she can't even do the mannerisms. She's terrible. And she's way thinner than I thought she was in person. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just don't think the whole thing's very good. And they should have had me play my mother. I agree. I you know, agree. Don't even get me started. The popcorn was terrible, and it put me in a bad mood when I went to that AMC. Uh, oh no! Okay, uh, no. Oh, she, oh, Liza, she's got very upset about the movie, so she she left. But um, Leslie's back. She Hi. she went to the restaurant. I mean, so, she just she like just bumped into me. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. I didn't I didn't just, even know she was nearby. I didn't do that. I, I don't. I, I'm so sorry. Bye. <laughs> Alan, we gotta lock the door. I know we have to lock the door. You know, Liza's gonna come terrible. in. Sorry, it's New York. Terrible. People come in all the time. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Rotating door. Okay. <laughs> I mean, 50, 54. Studio 54. Right here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, would you rather bend and snap or you can't stop the beat one more time? Bend and snap. Mm-hmm. You can stop the beat is so hard. <laughs> bend and snap's like one and two. <laughs> you can stop the beat lasted forever. That oh, yeah. It's a long one. It's a long one. Uh, how do you keep yourself entertained on your commute from New Jersey? Podcasts and texting friends and um, that's it. What are some of your favorite podcasts right now? I like to listen to uh, Oprah's Super Soul. Sure. Sundays. Um, I like to listen to the New York Times Briefing. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to uh, this girl that I can't remember her name right now. I don't have my phone in front of me. Her name's. Andrea, she is an actress in LA and mm-hmm. she's all about helping other actors become do better in their self tapes and do better auditions and I really love her. I mean she's a really good actress and she's like a character actress like me. Mm-hmm. And she, so I've been listening to a lot of her stuff. It's very informative. Um, and then yes, and then obviously all the podcasts on the Broadway network. I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah, on the Broadway Podcast Network. Broadway pa- podcast network. I have to say you have my favorite logo. <gasps> like Thank I love you. I love Josh's but this mm-hmm. logo is pretty rad. It's really it's, fun. It's like thanks neon to uh, thanks to Alex Enterline for designing that logo. It's for beautiful. Us. Friend of the pod. Thank you. Okay, so you have a lot of people come see the show. Yes. Um, so give me a review that you've received either from um, Riftina or um, Madge from Front of House. I know they like probably tell you how you're doing in the show. Which one would you have? Which review have you got from them? Um. Like, just what they said? Yeah. Yeah. Just like... Christina, um, she kind of schooled me on the accent of Argentina. She oh, okay. felt a little offended. Um, she felt like I was kind of dissing Cardi B, which is one of her personal heroes. Yeah. Um, but also f- thought that my dancing could have been better. She was really harsh, I think. I don't know. Well, we um, have we have one clip of just the, the harshest burn that she... Um, gave to you. So I'll just play that now, Alan, if you wouldn't mind playing that clip for us. Thank you. Well, personally, I thought that she danced like a rhinoceros. Like, 
she was in that green outfit and I was like what the fuck is she doing up there with that hair like whoever did her hair that's really messed up but um yeah cause she could have punched that pigeon in the face and and by that I mean like the whole performance not like an actual pigeon but that's like you know she could have but just she didn't she just like kicked it right wow that's well, really, that really was harsh. a quite review from Riftina yeah really I mean the, you know she's she, Why her, are you, her accents also change. She um, she she goes back and forth between different accents. It's very yeah, strange. I don't yeah, know. It's a medication. Yeah. yeah, and you know, but Madge is a big fan of the show. So she is. Madge, just, yeah, she, yeah. Madge loved the show. Well, let's hear her review of the show. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, she. We have a clip too. I yeah, think. Yeah, Alan has that, um, has that queued up. Well, you know, I love Leslie, and uh, I I've watched every show she's done, every show, and um, she's always, you know. Always given a full heart and and everything, and you know, Fran and I, my 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 other best friend at, at the show, who's also a Nasha, we we she never messes up. I don't know how she does it. I mean, she's just the best, and the the whole cast is wonderful. But I have to say, you know, she's my favorite, and uh, I think she's a real role model for all like you know short sort of curvy girls um, who are funny, and I I appreciate that. So, go Leslie, I love you. Aw, that's such a sweet review. Match is very sweet. It's a, it a good. It's a good. Uh, you gotta feel good hearing. Yeah, that. no, she, she's she's a big big fan of the show. Yeah, big yeah. heart. <laughs> yes. We need those people. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Last question. Got it. Um, I can't believe this is my job moment. Um. In the show. Or in your entire life. In Whenever it's happened, it's really hit you. You're like, I can't believe this is my job. I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, well, the first—I mean, the one right now that comes to mind is is definitely like like a like a moment in mm-hmm. a show, yeah. right? The f- I think one performance, or I don't remember which one, but where I did Argentina, I got the number down. We were all together. I've never really danced by my like danced on a Broadway show. My, that whatever dance, that, that mm-hmm. it's not a high level, but the dancing and then belting my face off and being able to like embody this thing. Um, at the Winter Garden, belting their center stage. It's a pretty amazing moment. Yeah. And it does not, I, it has not worn off on me. I, I still, especially during the part we all swell together and we come back and then, you know, it's it's really cool. Because I don't, you know, I can say I'm, I'm like doing everything I've always wanted to do. Yeah. In one moment. And that's like, you know, happens. Literally, my one of my voice teachers in college said it. A moment like that happens once every 10 years. And for me, that's been true. Like, the big, big ones, like, they, they don't happen very often. I mean, Robert Bridegroom is also a big one, too. Mm-hmm. But this is special. The Winter Garden is a special, special sure, space. Yeah. And some of my biggest idols have performed right there where I'm standing yes. and belting and making people laugh. And that's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. So, yeah, that's that's one. Sure. Big one. And then being in the show with Elliot and being cool. <laughs> Leslie, thank you so much Thanks, for guys. coming and I being really on the podcast. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. I really, really, I love doing this. It's really fun. Uh, where can people follow you on social media if they want to follow your adventures? Leslie Kritzer. Uh, I'm on Instagram, which is at Leslie Kritzer. I, I do Twitter, too. I'm trying to be better about it. And then I'm also, like, foring into going into TikTok, but I'm not as good as Presley Ryan. But uh, I kind of want to figure it out because it's really fun. But for right now, yeah, Instagram's my main. Okay. Amazing. 
Um, you can find the podcast at Equity One Podcast on um, Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter at Equity One underscore. And don't forget to send us your audition horror stories to equity one podcast at gmail.com elliot where can we find you adam i'm at elliot maddox on everything caleb uh caleb dickie on everything and until next time cheers cheers about me cuz everything everything Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.